why I'm excited about this one. Let's talk about trust. You are listening to the Get Unstuck podcast with me, your host, Laura Husson. I am delighted to have you here. This podcast was being created to inspire, educate and facilitate shifts that get you unstuck, clear and moving in your life and business. Expect tips, advice and real life stories of people just like you who've gone from unclear and stuck to creating extraordinary success. It's time to let go of the how and step into the now. Welcome, friend, to a brand new episode of the Get Unstuck podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here, and especially today. Today, oh, I just got goosebumps just saying that. Today, I want to talk all about my absolute highest value, and that is trust. And specifically, leaning into trust. What does it mean? What does it look like? Why is it important to do that? Oh, gosh, it's a biggie. (laughs) And I'm going to try and keep it as succinct as possible. So first off, I just want to share that it's only been around 18 months, thereabouts, maybe two years, for me of recognizing that consciously recognizing, let's be really clear, that trust is my absolute highest value. And so while it's been, I think it is actually coming up for two years, while it's been two years of being consciously aware of it, I can tell you it has been a lifetime of struggle and conflict and resistance because I've been hearing it call me for all of time. Oh, I have so many examples. And so I listed some out so that I wouldn't get derailed because I've had so many experiences in my life where I have been invited really to lean into trust and to really explore what does it mean? What does it even mean to lean into trust? So, okay, yeah, I trust you, right? I trust a bank to look after my money. I trust a doctor to give me the right support and care. I trust my family to love me unconditionally. You know, I trust certain things. I I trust this microphone to record my sound. There are some things that I trust because of my experiences to date. And likewise, all of those things, if my experiences have been different, I would not trust them. All right, maybe I would not trust the doctor. Maybe I would not trust my family to love me unconditionally. Maybe I would not trust this microphone to pick up my voice and give you this clear audio that you hear. So... I was asked a really important question today and it was, how do you clarify the difference between hearing the whispers and fully listening when it calls, when it, I'm obviously even talking about trust. So when it really calls, when it really screams your name, how do you differentiate between hearing it and then really tuning in and listening? And I had a one word answer, and this is possibly the first time ever in my life I've been able to answer a question with one word. And that word was surrender. It is an experiment in surrender, which is gorgeous because actually this month, uh, August 2020, 
my mastermind and I are in, we're practicing with surrender. We are reading the surrender experiment and we are really leaning into what does it look like? How could I surrender further, deeper, more in other areas? What does that look like? So the difference between hearing the whispers and really tuning in and paying attention is surrender. Now, I have some examples and I'm going to share some of these examples with you and then I'm going to speak to it from the angle that I get asked questions around it. And trust is one of those things that when we hold on, it's very much like money. (laughs) When we hold on tight, it's really challenging to be able to loosen the grip and be able to really relax into it. It is a challenge. I'm not going to pretend it isn't. One of my first experiences of really being in surrender to trust was when I had my daughter, Ellen, giving birth to her. Now, I had gone through, as most expectant mothers do, I'm sure, gone through all the rigmarole of designing how I wished my birth to be. Now, (laughs) I can feel you laughing because anybody who knows anything about babies knows that The one thing you can never plan for is exactly what's going to happen when it's time for them to arrive. So I communicated everything that I would like in an ideal world. If all's going well and everybody's safe and well, this is what I'd like to happen. And then I detailed, and I did this all on one sheet, what I'd like to happen in case of um, things not going so well. How would I like things to be handled? And even now, when I look back on that, I, I feel really like I I really communicated very clearly what my desires were in a way that held a great lot of space for, I trust you to support me in us making this vision come to life in the easiest and happiest and healthiest way possible. And that was communicated to birth partner, to midwife, to any doctor that might be involved, anybody at all that was involved in the delivery of my baby. Now, when it came to it, it was quite a different scenario from how I had imagined it in my mind. (laughs) All the gorgeous books I had read and all the things I was like, wow, this is really possible. And then when it came to it, it was very different. Largely, this was because what happened with Ellen was she was an undiagnosed back-to-back delivery. And what that means is that her back, her spine, was facing my spine. So her face and her chest and her knees were all pointing out ahead of me. And we didn't know that, couldn't tell that. Maybe she moved in in labor, who knows. But nobody knew this until her head arrived. And then she turned all the way around the way she should have been. And so when a baby is back to back, it makes it really exhausting more, and this is a word I don't use very often, so special, special occasion for this word, more painful and longer. It's a longer labor. And so we were in labor all night long, her and I, and it was, it was work. Let me tell you, it was work. And she was also 14 days over her due date, which while I was in that overdue, I think I got to about seven days overdue and around seven, eight days, they actually changed the guidelines or the, I don't think it's legislation. I'm going to say guidelines that they don't need to, or they don't expect you to come in and um, follow their guidelines for induction until 14 days. And until then it had been 10. So I was thinking, oh, we're quickly getting into 10 days. 
Luckily for me, it got changed in the nick of time into 14 days. And I woke up on morning 14 with feelings of, oh, I have these funny pains like coming and going. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Lo and behold, I was in labor. So thankfully, I did go naturally into labor. Never thought I'd be telling my birth story on my podcast. This is so funny. It is relevant. Trust me. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, so I, I went into the hospital as discussed to um, be checked on. So I had been planning a home birth. So straight away, the plan has changed from the outset because she's 14 days over now and they want to bring me in because they feel like then maybe they need to induce the labor. I go into the hospital and they confirm that I am indeed in labor and things are progressing and that was all well and good. And they tell me to go for a walk and monitor things and come back as late in the day as possible because we wanted to bring in, we had a pool, like a birth pool for home. And they were finding us a big enough room that we could bring in our pool from home. So that was amazing. And I was really grateful for that opportunity. And we had a gorgeous day, like walked by the river, even went for a Sunday lunch in a pub in a local pub, um, all with me attached to my TENS machine to help manage the contraction, tightenings and the feelings, the waves that were washing over me was so powerful. And when we got back at like 7 p.m., I was it hadn't even occurred to me, oh, I'm in labor, so maybe I could go home and have my baby at home. Didn't even occur to me. So I was in trust. I was in trust. This is happening. I'm in this hospital. Everything's going to be Okay here we go, right? I'm in that vibe. We got into about 11 p.m. and they finally came through and said, okay, we've got a room ready for you now. And I was so tired. I remember turning to the midwife saying, can't we just do this tomorrow? She was like, okay, let's see how that goes. And it's so funny how <laughs> you just don't have this like logical mind at, at all. You are not in your rational conscious mind at all. You are literally in this primitive, gorgeous, raw state. So we went through to this room, the pool was um, blown up and filled with water and we were given this like, well, if, you, if your waters don't go by 2am, we're going to burst the waters and see if we can speed things up. And I was really scared of that for some reason. I did not want that to happen. So lo and behold, again, I had spent some time in the pool and then just two minutes before 2am, my waters went of their own accord, which is amazing. Now, in this time, and I can't remember the guidelines, so anybody who works in the world of birth, forgive me. I'm going to say, I want to say two hours, I think four hours, they pretty much give you of like allowing yourself to be in that pushing active labor stage, right? The second stage. Now, I was, um, well, let's just cut to the chase and say that Eleanor actually arrived at 10 past seven or 10 past six, 10 past seven. I can't remember which way around my babies were. Oh, how bad is that? Um, she arrived in the morning and it was over the time that was allotted. And I remember the midwife coming in and saying, we had this huge, gorgeous room. And I remember her coming in and saying, okay, the doctor, there's only one doctor here. Um, you know, she's not coming down. So we feel like maybe we need to get the doctor in and take an assessment. And I was like, nope. <laughs> this is not happening. This is a one-way system. Nothing is going up. Everything is coming down. Sorry for the TMI. <laughs> and this is happening. It's happening and we have got this. I'm happy for you to monitor the baby and to check on me. And if you feel like, you know, there is actual cause for concern, then I'm open to a change of plan. 
So we did. We carried on and we labored and we labored and we went for it and we went for it. And things were, it was hard work. And again, if you know me, you know, I don't really use those um, words very often to describe things. It was a lot. It was like running a marathon. And eventually she did arrive. She arrived naturally without any assistance. And while it was definitely not easy, um, we had a gorgeous experience. It was a really positive experience. Now, that whole way, the reason I'm telling you that is that whole experience was my first real aware experience of being in full surrender and leaning deeply into trust. So there was trust in my body. There was trust in my baby. I was placing trust in the healthcare people around me, trust in my birth partner, trust in everything that was there to support this end result, which was me holding my baby safe and healthy and well and an easy recovery. And while the middle bit was definitely not what I had dreamed up (laughs) in any of the iterations, that was not what I had dreamed up. The end result was exactly as I was hoping. It was so perfect. It was so beautiful. And I remember coming home from hospital probably about four hours after she was born and just feeling like, wow, it's her first day. I don't ever want this to end. I'm so happy and grateful to be at home. And I know that we're here so quickly because I leaned into that trust. And it was so gorgeous. And it gave me so much confidence. It was the first time that instead of just hearing the whispers and kind of suppressing them and squashing them down, that I really knew. I really knew. Now let's get, you know, let's just throw some contrast in here. I also thought I really knew that I was having a boy. (laughs) And to that end, I I didn't even have a girl name picked out. I had a girl middle name, which was Ellen, um, which we actually gave her as her first name, which is really funny. So, you know, there are countless examples, but the next one I'm going to share with you was around a year and a half after Ellen arrived. And while I was on maternity leave, I had accidentally, I will say accidentally on purpose, if you like, let's go with that, started a online retail business in baby goods. And I had never had a vision to be an online retailer. Like, oh my goodness, the runs to the post office, the queries about the product, the stock situation, the whole thing was so not me. (laughs) Um, But I really, it was really my first taste. Like when I was young, I literally used to be like, I just want to run my own business. I want to be my own boss. You know, people like Richard Branson were my absolute inspiration. While lots of friends had like pop stars and other things that I was just like, he's doing what? (laughs) Going on in my mind. And I really ran with the opportunities that came my way. So when I started the baby retail business, it was also raising money for a, the Stillbirth and Neonatal Death Society, uh, which was really close to my heart after one of my closest friends had um, her baby was born sleeping. And so we raised quite a significant amount of money for the charity in a very short amount of time. And as such, it attracted or welcomed, shall I say, a lot of media attention. I grew that Twitter account to something like 30,000 followers really, really fast. And so the the next thing that happened was people started asking me, oh, could you come and like train me or teach me how you did that on Twitter? I was like, hmm, I guess I could. And so I followed that nudge, trusted, right? Trusted that that was the next step. And then it got to one of my friends worked for um, a really large company 
in London and she was saying that her um, director was looking for somebody to come and train their customer care team or their sales team on how to use Twitter. I was like, I can do that. So I went and did that and that was a whole new experience. Now things were progressing quickly and I was a teacher at the time. I had gone back after maternity leave part-time and as anybody who has been in the world of teaching will know, there is no real part-time in teaching. While I may only be in the school building part-time hours, you are still doing the full-time job. So at this point, I'm doing a full-time teaching job in part-time hours. I'm running a business in the evenings and um, any other snatch of time I can find. I am a mum, a new mum for the first time. I'm a wife. I am trying to maintain my house. I'm doing all the things. And I was so close to burnout. And the one thing I wanted above all was to leave my teaching job. I was so ready to just find my own path. I knew that I was just on the beginning of something. I did not know what it was going to be. I did not know. And so what I promised myself was that once I was, whatever my business was going to morph into next, once I was making an income that matched my teaching salary, then I would leave my job. That was the deal that I struck. It's like, okay, show me the abundance to match my teaching salary and I will hand in my notice. Made total sense. And I'm sure as you're listening, many people are going to relate to this because they're going to say, oh my gosh, that's what I've been saying. What happened next was quite the wake up. I went into school one morning and I guess I had set a timeline that was nine to 12 months out from this day that I'm about to tell you about. And I I went to my classroom and I was about to take the registration in the morning with the class. And what happened was I found myself just in the head teacher's office. I I almost don't remember walking there. It was like an out-of-body experience. And the next thing was, again, out-of-body, I heard myself say the words, I'm here to hand in my notice. And it was almost like, am I really doing this? Is this really, really happening? And yeah, it was. It was really happening. It really happened. And there I was with no plan. I had not communicated that that was the plan to my husband because I did not leave the house knowing that was my plan. And lo and behold, uh, well ahead of schedule, well outside of the realm of matching my teaching salary, I had handed in my notice. So I was like, well, what does this mean? What's going to happen next? And the only answer, and I didn't know this at the time, and I wouldn't have been able to use this language to articulate this to you at that time. This was back in 2010. What happened was I listened. I really listened. I heard the whispers where I was hearing the whispers was showing up for me in, okay, I know I'm going to leave my teaching job. So listening to the whispers, I'm going to leave in, let's set a time scale of nine to 12 months, right? That was me listening to the whispers. Fully listening and paying attention and being in surrender was what moved me into the head teacher's office in a way that, as I describe, it it has always felt like it was an out-of-body experience. It was so surreal. I came out of there, I was like, okay, I think I just handed in my notice. I think I just quit my teaching career. I have never looked back. Now, it was very, very strange working in those last couple of months before I left because I just hadn't planned this. And there were so many times 
again, always keeping it real here, there were so many times where I really questioned myself, where I was checking in with my sanity. And I was really asking, what are you doing? Are you on some kind of crazy self-sabotage mission? Have you gone mad? Nobody does this, all the rest of it. Now, in that time, and this is probably a conversation for another time, also ended up separating from my marriage. So I had by... (laughs) In December 2010, I was married with a teaching job and a 16, 17-month-old daughter. By January, I was unemployed, single, single mum, with no income whatsoever. I mean, a trickle, not enough to pay the rent of the um, house that I had moved into, and no idea of what was going to happen next. And the only thing I had was my trust in myself. It was the only thing I had. And that was the time where I was like, oh, here we go. I am in it right now. And again, as I said, questioning the sanity all the time at every stop, questioning yourself, like, really, is this a smart thing to do? You know, people around me saying, nobody does this. Nobody makes these big moves all in the same go. You do one thing at a time. And I was like, do you know what? That is your reality. And I don't feel like it's mine. And I'm okay with the fact that there's a lot going on right now. I was scared, don't get me wrong, but it did not mean that I was dialing down the trust. The trust was there even when I felt scared, even when I was upset, even when I had hideous anxiety because I was beating myself up over what I had done, how much shame and guilt and worry I was carrying. The trust remained. Now, Fasting, fasting, fast forwarding (laughs) all the way through from 2010. Here we are in 2020. And this podcast, this podcast has been a pivot in my business. Now, some of you listening will know that a big, big piece of my journey, which was listening to those, "Mm, I guess I can, and following those nudges, led me into a full website agency situation. I ran a full website agency. It was amazing. And I really worked hard, key operative there, to become known in the online coaching space as the website girl. I wanted to be the go-to website person. I knew when we had people who said, oh, I've got working with you and your team on my vision board. I was like, yes, yes, you have. And that felt so good to me until it didn't. And what happened was in August 2016, I had had my second baby, Finn, who was born in October 2015. And August 2016, I took a huge leap of faith and I traveled to California, leaving my 10-month-old baby at home for the first time. It was so hard. I went to California for three nights (laughs) and I attended a business event. And one of the first questions that was asked there was, what do you want? Oh, I fell to pieces because the thing that I did know above all else was the website girl status that I had worked so hard to achieve was absolutely everything opposite to what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew with absolute unshakable clarity, I did not want what I had created. And I felt so trapped. And what happened again is I leaned into trust. So when I knew that, I was like, oh no. And I could have gone to, well, now what do I do? How do I get out of this? What do I do? I leaned into trust 
And guess what happened? Clients started showing up saying, do you know what? We've had a change of heart. We no longer want to continue with the project. It's not you, it's us kind of vibe. And people just fell away. Projects completed really quickly. Things started closing down. Um, Our designer who we'd been working with went and changed his career path. And it was all so perfect because we didn't know that that was the direction we were going to be heading in at the time. And I say we, because my husband was then in that business with me. And eventually I got on a live stream and I shared, I was still the website girl. We weren't taking one-on-one clients anymore, but it was selling our DIY build-it-yourself website course. And that felt like a really good compromise. It was like, okay, this is a good bridge. Money's coming in. Everything feels okay. Less money, but money was coming. And I was like, I just need some time to work out what I'm going to do next. And what happened next was I went on a live stream on my page, on my Facebook page, where everybody there knew me as the website girl. It just made no sense whatsoever. And I went on there and I was like, okay, so here's how I plan in my business. I'm going to share with you how I do the planning in my business. I channel downloads. I channel everything. You know, I tune into the invisible powers of the universe and spirit guides and all of these things. And somebody in the comments, here comes the big hint, asked, oh, uh, how do I book a session? And you guessed it. I was like, hmm, I guess I could do that. So I threw a PayPal link in there thinking, well, okay, it'd be fun if she books one session. And that month, 47 people booked one-on-one sessions. It was insane. Shortly after that, I announced the closure of our DIY website program. And now here we are three years later. Actually, it's the 4th of August today. And it was the 4th of August, 2017, when I did that live stream. Wow. That is, well, there we go. There are no coincidences, right? That's just giving me goosebumps again. I was being supported. I was being met. But here we are three years later And oh my goodness, I can't even recognize the website girl anymore. And what I know now is the website girl, she was not somebody who was in her own power. She was somebody who was trying to be and step into the shoes of what she thought it should look like to build an online business and to make a presence and to really be seen and valued in the in this industry. And what I know now is that me on my own, leaning into my own trust and my own power is so much more than enough. And so now I'm swanning around the globe facilitating retreat in Bali and traveling and meeting with clients all over the place. And I have a very much, you're welcome, vibe around it because I know that I am here to be the example. So when I lean into trust and I really embody what it looks like to move and be in trust, I give everybody around me permission to do the same. Now, I'm not going to name any names because I haven't asked permission to do this, but I'm going to just share a couple of stories with you from some of my clients who have really embraced trust and what that has looked like for them. And one of them, she had a um, completely different business a few months ago, completely different. She came to Bali and in Bali, and for in the build-up to Bali as well, this is not all as a result of being on retreat. We've been working together for a couple of years, and it's been an evolving situation. But she knew that there was going to be a big change. It scared her like to crazy levels because she didn't know what it was going to look like. And she had to surrender to trust 
in order for the new way and the new version of her to emerge. Literally, it has been like watching a phoenix rise from the ashes. And she now has a whole new business model emerging. She, in the last two months, has matched her previous businesses like best months of income twice in a row. And it's been such a short transition. Now, let's be really real and honor actually what happened because in the transition, when clients were falling away and things kept literally, once she decided, it all was handled for her. Clients were canceling. People weren't paying invoices. It was intense. And she leaned into that trust. She leaned into surrender. And now she is seeing and reaping the rewards for doing that. And now you will bet that she is one of the biggest messengers of it gets to be easy. How can I let it be easy? And I lean into trust. Okay, trust is my guide, guiding light. And then secondly, I have um, another person in my very close life who has been on the most amazing magical path and watching her path has just been nothing short of wow, wow, wow. Because what has happened for her is that she was running a business, um, self-employed, not an online business, but a business nonetheless, and she loved it. Much like I love teaching until I didn't. And much like I love being the website girl until I didn't. She loved what she was doing until she didn't. Now, again, she came to Bali with us. This sounds like it's all the people who came to Bali. I don't think that's the common theme. It is the common theme um, and it isn't. You know, these, these lovely people were on their own journey before Bali. Bali probably just gave them the tipping point moment. So what has happened for her was she was like, wow, I really think that I want to like reduce my team And then all of a sudden, one member of the team left and another member of the team announced that she was going to somewhere else. And it was like, oh, well, that's taken care of. And then she wanted to reduce the size of the business. And then automatically the business by default reduced itself. Everything she has spoken and said, I think I want this, has manifested itself in a rapid instant formula without her having to get stuck in, oh, but how? And why is that? It's because she's leaned into trust so deeply. Now, as you might have gathered, trust, like I said at the beginning, is my absolute highest value. It is the lens through which I view every decision. Everything I'm considering goes through the question, am I in trust here? What would the version of me who trusted without any, no holds barred trust, what would the version of her do? And I act from that place. And any time that things start to feel funky or any kind of resistance shows up, I check in. Am I in trust? Was I in trust? And if I wasn't, I go back and I reassess. What does it look like? Where can I trust more? And again, it's about that surrender, remember? (sighs) This is just the beginning, friend. Like we are going to go so deep. You're going to hear me talk about trust so many times. I'm also going to bring on several of the people, probably some of the ones I've already mentioned here, um, and let them tell their story of what it's been like to go through this transition and where trust came in, the role it played and how all of that played out in real terms. Because I know that one of the biggest things that keeps you stuck in your business or in your life in general is when you are resisting the trust, the call to trust. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been, this has been over here for ages and I haven't been looking at it because I was too scared of what what it might mean. When we really lean into that trust, it all starts to take care of itself. So I would love to hear what light bulbs did you have 
What did I say that you went, oh, yep, that's true. Tag me on Instagram, sharing your stories, tag me on Instagram. I love to be able to share your tags when you tag me in your stories. DM me, share your experiences. And how does this help you see something differently? Where can you take something that I've shared with you on this episode and take it into your life and apply it so that you start to see a difference right away? That's what I'm all about here is quick, easy wins right away. That's why you're here, right? (laughs) I will see you on the next episode. And until then, come and find me on Instagram at TotallyLaura and I will see you on the next episode. I so appreciate spending time with your ears today. (laughs) If you're not already, come and follow me on Instagram. Let's be friends. You can find me at TotallyLaura, where I share behind the scenes, latest updates and freebies, as well as giving you the opportunity to tell me what you want to hear more of here on the podcast. I'll be waiting for you in the DMs.